Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film fans just like you. With me, as always, is my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Hello. And our close friend and movie insider, Protolexis. Rest in peace, Dick Vitale. <laughs> Every episode is connected to a theme of that month, and this time, it's Femtember. We're only covering movies directed by women, and this week is a patron-suggested pick of Love and Basketball from the year 2000. And you can use your chapters, chat. you can use the chapters in your podcast app to skip to that discussion if you want. I'll spotlight a review real quick. Oh. From username Protolexis. Oh, <laughs> Love and Basketball and Kissing. A lot of kissing with tongue. Deep tongue kissing. Next on 70mm. We'll get into it. Terror-tober. Is that Next the name? week, Terror-tober. I've settled on it. I'm cleared legal. Or wait, no. Did I mean Torment-tober? <laughs> Still don't even know. <laughs> Torment-tober. That's it. Yeah. Torment-tober. Torment kicks off next week. And we got to get, we have a lot to get to this tonight. I mean, my notebook is full. I'm paging through. You can't hear it, but I'm paging through my notebook. Yeah. Back and forth. Terror-tober. <laughs> Next week officially kicks off. We have the pick. I'm going to announce it right now because we have a lot to get to. You have the pick? You're saying it now. I'm saying it now next week. All right. From the master of horror himself, <laughs> Stephen King, it, the OG. We're not doing the new one. We're going back to the TV movie, yes. it. Yes. I believe it's streaming right now. So no excuse not None. to watch this. None excuse. Get frightened. Uh, streaming on Tubi. <sighs> For free. Fire this up in your browser if you want. None of this new stuff. Chrome. Um, Safari. But that's that's not it. We, we, in the spirit of innovation, you know, we're always having our mm -hmm. team meetings, our breakout <laughs> rooms, mm. and thinking how we can innovate further. Next week, we're going to announce all our picks Yeah, to kick off the month during the it episode. It's a big month. So no more excuses. No excuses. No. No excuses month. So, so get ready. I have my pick locked. Are you? I am not locked. You're not locked. No, not even close. Halloween ends. Redux. <laughs> the end heads rise again. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul is pointing out the runtime of the original It. It was a two-night event. I think that would probably explain the runtime a little bit. So buckle up. Two nights. Pardo, are you locked for your pick for Torment-tober? Oh, yeah, I was explaining this in DMs earlier. I was, I had been locked for a month. Oh. I was so locked. No one's ever been as locked. Uh, but then I, you know, I said, let me check. What's the streaming situation on my pick? Uh, not only is it not streaming anywhere, you cannot uh, watch it on demand anywhere either. And it's hard to get a hold of in a physical disc. So it just did not, it, it seems Oof. like the, the fate is telling me something. Do you want to uh, tell us what it is? Uh, no, I do not. Because <laughs> I want to do it. So I, I'm. I want to do it. Maybe next year. So, oh. I just. I, so I'm back to the drawing board, basically. Special. Okay, but back I'll figure to it the out. board. Back to the old drawing board. All right. So we'll we'll circle back to that topic later on. But next yeah. week is it. Stephen King, the master of horror himself, Tim Curry. He's never missed. Name 10 movies Tim Curry has ever missed on. Thank you. I dare you. Pennywise is the character's name. Spoilers. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> um, real quick, I have to mention something that's pretty cool. I don't even think I've really talked to you about it both, but we're officially Patreon ambassadors. Do you know Excuse that? me. We've been invited to the ambassador program. What does that mean? It means mm. it's for like successful creators who built a little following for themselves. Oh, Get early access to features, events, 
Events. Workshops. Let's so. get that on our business card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it on my X I got. They right sent now. me little social media things that said, what? like, I'm a Patreon ambassador. Hashtag Patreon ambassador. Oh. Anywho, we do have some new patrons to say hello to. Owen, Graham, Sammy, Justin, Samantha, Daniel, Tom, Brad, and Gabby what all the? joined the VHS Village Discord uh, by joining our Patreon. They got discounts on prints. And they got access to the Treasure Planet episode. Mm, good time. You think fondly back to that episode we recorded, Proto, Treasure Planet? It was a great ep. It really was. You know, I, I mm. listened to a few minutes of it. <laughs> and I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> at our conversation. Do you ever go back to listen to the ones we do? What's, what's your listening habits for our own show? Uh, I think the first year I used to listen to every episode. Yeah. But yeah, I fell off. Um, yeah, I don't really listen to them much anymore. I think I can tell when you listen because usually you send us a DM. Yeah. After, or like you're mm-hmm. laughing at some random thing that happened and yeah. say that it was funny. She was like, could you see how funny I was at this moment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see how my joke landed? <laughs> what about you, Danny? Do you ever go back and listen? No, never. I got mm-hmm. tired of listening to my voice. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're recording four different podcasts a week at this point now. I, 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 this, I don't envy you what you do. Thank you. You do, you do hard work. I'll tell you what. If, if I'm ever on two, two podcasts in one week and I have to edit both of them, you're I really get sick of myself. Like, bad. What do we want to talk about now? Just, oh. Were you about to say something? I just think we should do the cage pitch. <laughs> oh, the cage. Yes, we have. Oh I'm excited. Gosh, the cage. So we mentioned it last week, but we the Treasure Planet was our last rolled pick from mm-hmm. our interns. They're suggesting movies they want to be supporter only episodes. So Proto has got the machine, the infernal machine that will roll three more movies for us to do for oh my our gosh. Patreon. It's right here, baby. Be careful. Yeah, this is exciting. I was I was perusing the list earlier, and there are some uh, big movies on here. I mean, so big we might have to veto them. Oh, we gosh. have veto power. Just remember, we yeah. have the veto power. We will. We can veto at any moment if we yeah. if we need to. Also, have the power um, of attorney. <laughs> that's true as well. All right, so we're gonna roll for three picks. Um, God, it's anybody's ball game right now. Ew! <clears throat> Let me get some balls going. We have one ball. Deep we have tongue two balls. Kissing. We have three balls. All right. Oh my gosh. See, my first ball. Oh, these are fading. These are not, uh, this is not permanent <laughs> ink on these balls. But I can make this out. This is an 11. Ooh. Let's see. Early 11. adopter. What the? <laughs> She's got this long sheet this is a of scroll. Paper. <laughs> it Stop. is a scroll. You guys know that, you know. Oh, this is exciting. I've wanted to see this movie. This uh, our first winner is Robert Townsend, and his pick is from 2018. Oh Cold my. War. What's that? Cold War. This Isn't I know it's a black a... and white movie. What? What's Isn't Cold Tommy War? Lee? Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones? Jones? Jones in this? Yeah. Am I... <laughs> no, I'm thinking of. I don't know what the hell movie. <laughs> <laughs> what movie am I thinking of? I don't know. I think Ron Howard directed it. Isn't, didn't Ron Howard direct a Tommy Lee Jones movie called, called something? Cold War? I don't, I don't know. Cold. Somebody knows and is typing. I've cold never heard of this movie. What is this movie? This is on my watch list. Average. I've heard A man and a woman this. meet in the ruins of post-war Poland with vastly different backgrounds and temperaments. They are fatally mismatched and yet drawn to each other. Amazon Prime. Cold Mountain. That's what I was thinking of. Thank you, Kev. I'm glad we don't have to do that. I was like, what the hell kind of pick is that? <laughs> Cold Mountain. <laughs> this this smells like subtitles. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh-huh. Look at all those smell it. dots over the letters. <clears throat> Polish. All right. It's our first Polish so, movie? We got a <clears throat> ball is 28. Going down Lucky number 28. Big money, big money. No whammies. Shrek 2. Oh. Vito. Okay, so this is interesting. This is the only movie on the list that was Uh-oh. picked by two separate people. So oh. the ball is from uh, Ben Frederick, 
but it's really like a double win because our uh, uh, Jasher, our friend, he also picked this movie, and the movie is Sing Street. Sing Street. Oh, we just covered this on the Letterbox show, believe it or not. Okay. Okay, John Carney, a boy growing up in Dublin during the 1980s, escapes his strained family life by starting a band to impress the mysterious girl he likes. Is this about Bono? Stay tuned. Oh. His name's uh, Bill Bono. (laughs) William Bono. Billy Bono. He goes by Cosmo. Billy Bono actually sounds like an Irish name. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do it? Can you do the... No, I'm not. I know because you were expecting me to do it, so I won't do it. Oh, boy. This Wow. This is another interesting ball to pull. Oh, what number? So this is is 27. Okay. And you did 28 pick, and 27? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is the pick from Lena. Now, I actually just messaged them on Patreon because their original pick was Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, of course, yeah. we just did that the other month. So they changed their pick, and it's Blue Valentine. Blue oh, Valentine. the the Ryan Gosling, John. Yeah, it's the Ryan Gosling movie, and... Um, is it Michelle Williams in this? Yeah. yeah. Casey just said, oh my. What does that mean? Has Can you decipher it? that? Are we Annie? in danger? Is there deep tonguing? <laughs> Are we? <laughs> All right. The synopsis for Blue Valentine from 2010. Oh yeah, she Dean says. Dean and Cindy live a quiet life in a modest neighborhood. They appear to have the world at their feet at the outset of their relationship. However, his lack of ambition and her retreat into self-absorption cause potentially irreversible cracks in their marriage. I mean, the cover looks very Paul in chat says, have fun getting emotionally wrecked. That doesn't look like Ryan Gosling on the cover, though. That looks like um, the sheriff from Stranger Things with that beard. What? Hopper? It looks like like a hopper face. (laughs) Get out of here. That doesn't look like a hopper face to people. I'm posting it in chat. All right. Let's see. Look at this. Tell me that that doesn't look like hopper. That, oh, that is you? hot. That's not Hopper? It's Apparently, it's oh. not Hopper. Wow. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've heard. When was the last time Ryan Gosling was on the show? Barbie. Barbie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and The Notebook we also did. Hell yeah. We haven't done First Man, but I feel like that's been talked about. Or Drive. Drive. Boy, if I didn't have to hear about Drive for the rest of my life. Okay. You know? <laughs> Imagine if Drive had come out in like peak letterboxed. Would we? Would anyone survive? Servers melting. Let's move on. Okay, we have three movies. We did it. We have a lot of show to get to. Love and basketball. Just the bottom of the hour. Um, Pardo, any movies you want to talk about that you watched this past week? Yeah, there's two movies. Yeah, I think two movies I want to talk about. One is just letting everybody know back on the AFI Finally. Uh, train, back on the journey. I watched uh, Cabaret. Oh my. From my mm-hmm. boy Bob Fosse, of course. This is from 1972. Uh, 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 yeah, I was excited to watch this. Um, the synopsis of this is it's 1931 Berlin. So, as the Nazi party was not yet fully in power, but it was around and causing problems in Germany, um, Sally Bowles is played by Liza Minnelli. And she's uh, she dances at a cabaret, and it's her with a uh, um, a, a British man who is teaching in Berlin, and they begin a relationship, and it it's interspersed with like their life together and getting to know each other, but then also scenes at the cabaret. Um, I guess from the musical cabaret. I don't know anything about musicals, so don't at me. Um, <laughs> but of course, those scenes are fantastic. Love those scenes, but the story doesn't really totally do it for me. I am not Eliza Head. I'm sorry. Wow. Oh. I I I don't I don't fully engage with the whole Liza Minnelli thing for whatever reason. Um, Interesting. I think she's great in it, but she's just not really my my vibe. Hmm. Um, but the the movies the movie was good. I gave it three stars. Three stars. Michael York also in this. Famously yeah, yeah. So Austin he plays the Powers guy franchise. Yeah, I couldn't really place him from anything, even after I looked at his his uh, his movies. 
He played Basil Exposition in Austin Powers. Remember? Basil? If you say so. Remember when Austin drinks a cup of coffee, but it's actually human shit? No one's seen Austin Powers, Slim. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Basil, his coffee tastes like shit. And Basil's like, that's because it is shit, Austin. You remember that line? Austin's. I think I'm the only person on planet that's seen Austin Powers. Let's move on. All right. Other movie I watched. I watched the new Pixar movie, Elemental. Oh. Someone had to do it. I'm the movie. <laughs> Thank you. Someone on the podcast <laughs> had to watch it. I figured I would do it. So I sat down <laughs> with my kids. And all I want to say is we've talked a lot about Pixar, what's going yeah. on with Pixar. And I felt like I found a good uh, analogy for how I feel about Pixar. I feel like Pixar is like Nintendo if they only ever made Mario games. Oh, okay. Like, all they do is make Mario games. But what Mm. they really need to do is they need to branch out. They need to make their Zelda. You know, they need to make their Metroid game. Mm. Metroid. They gotta, they gotta go, they gotta change the formula. They need to get, I don't know if it's fresh blood or what, some new ideas, somebody to get in there and shake it up. They make great movies, but at this point, we, we need to take a turn in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Elemental, it's good. It's kind of more, you know, more of the same from Disney, uh, from Pixar, of course. I was, the, you know, the waterworks were coming in the final scene. They got me again, God. They got you. They did it. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like, I, I like the angle. It's basically, um, you know, of uh, like uh, someone, uh, you know, uh, an immigrant coming into a foreign land, but mm. they are an element. Um, so it, it goes around kind of like a melting pot in New York City kind of deal. Um, so it's a cute did you watch story. This with the fam? Yeah, I did. Yeah, my son, my 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 eight year old, he loved it. He wanted to watch it immediately again. Oh gosh. wow, it's a good sign. High praise. Yeah. Okay. Sheesh. Danny, uh, what did you watch? Well, I've had a busy week. So uh, my watching basketball, our basketball audio right commentary around right around the corner, right around the right. corner. Um, I have it rendering right now. Oh my god, it's rendering mm-hmm. hours of rendering. Um, so I, I've I've been able to watch some TV. I'm four episodes in to the fourth season of Expedition Bigfoot, and I You're love big, this show. Big I'm a big Bigfoot guy. Big we're, right, name, we're, like we're just around the corner from finding them. <laughs> it's so close. We're, we're real close. We're on the trail. We're in Alaska this season. And, uh, you know, Ronnie, Maria and, and Russell are hot on the trail. And we're close. <laughs> we're real close. <laughs> and I love this show. And I love the entertainment behind this show. And uh, that's what I've been watching. Mm. It is a very entertaining show. Yeah. I yell at them a lot while I watch this show. Thank you. You know, you're in the Alaskan forest at night. Terrifying, actually. That's more scary than anything else. And you're, it's this, uh, this guy, this trail hunter. You know, he can hunt. He tracks people's like footprints. You know, he's a tracker. He's a tracker. And they see something, they hear something yeah. in the Alaskan forest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Say it. What are the chances <laughs> it's not a random animal? You're in a forest. Listen, Slim. Uh, you know when you hear an animal. You you know animal noises. When you hear the noise that isn't... <laughs> Hold <Excuse> on. <laughs> Is anyone else chilled up right now? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Bigfoot is calling me. Oh, <laughs> music just hit as we're talking about Bigfoot. Is this a okay. soundboard? <laughs> you know when you hear Bigfoot. They know. They're experts. This He's is also, why we tune in. Listen, ex-military. Folks might not know, but apparently it's common knowledge that Bigfoot is a shapeshifter. Okay. Hmm. That is, you're getting into the, the QAnon Bigfooters. But one of the hosts uh-huh. ta- often talks about Bigfoot being a listen. shapeshifter. And also, the, quote, a tree manipulator. Well, the, the tree, the replanting of trees is fascinating. I do like that. The the shape shifting Bigfoots, listen, 
there's a little bit it's a little bit outside of my beliefs. Quote, now, e- I, experts say I Bigfoot they, is known to be a shapeshifter. I think they run into more paranormal stuff than they admit that it's not Bigfoot related. Right. I think it's more paranormal. That's probably related. true. I mean, there's one, the episode ends on a cliffhanger because there's one segment, just a reminder, love and basketball. <laughs> right around the corner. <laughs> We're so close. Just as soon as we get through this Bigfoot talk. <laughs> uh, he finds a cave. The tracker finds oh, a cave. Oh, baby, the cave. You know, that is like a my old mining cave yeah. in the Alaskan mountains. You could and pay he, me to go into that. He put, puts a halt to it with him and his cameraman because we got to, I don't know if it's safe to breathe in there. Yeah. We got to, he calls his he calls command center. He's like, listen, I found this cave. I think we might be close. You know what I mean? Mm. Close to Bigfoot. Yes. He's like, he's like, all right, I just talked to somebody. I just got my hands on this new technology. I think he might be perfect to help you. Uh-huh. And I'm, I looked to him and I was like, oh, let me guess a drone, a new uh-huh. drone that they're going to use. Uh-huh. And it's, it's the Google cybernetic dog robot. Yeah. You remember this? You've seen the dog robot. Love the it. dog so, robot yes. goes in there doing his little robot walk uh-huh. and it, it senses if there's like harmful materials. Yeah. And it's testing, safe to breathe. Testing the air. Huh. Test the air. It was awesome. And the LIDAR on it, the scans. The LIDAR is cool. But again, at one point, there yeah. is some potential cloaking that Bigfoot might be doing in some of the video footage. Nah, they're the running into out. dead miners. That's, that's some paranormal stuff they're running into at that Isn't- point. Isn't the tragedy of Bigfoot though is that whoever finds him, they're dead. It'll no, it's going to be considered <laughs> fake anyway. Yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, we just We've they just there. unveiled aliens. In Nobody front of the cares Mexican about these aliens found in Mexico. The Patterson Gimlin film proved Bigfoot forty years ago, sixty years ago. We haven't even. T- we'll, I'll tell you what. For the folks, we got to move on from Bigfoot. <laughs> but if you want to stick around for some. Aliens found in Mexico talk. We'll get into that in the uncut episode. <laughs> so stick around. This is a movie podcast, folks. We have to give away our free year of Letterbox patron every week. We give it out. Gets rid of ads. Uh, gets banner images on your profile, on your reviews as well. And tag your review 70mm pod if you want to be considered for that. So Robin left a review for Tomboy last week. Five stars. As a kid, I was always play as the female characters in games. My friends would often make fun of me, but in my head, it made a lot of sense. Hence, I'm not playing as myself, but a fantasy or play pretend version of who I wanted to be. That's probably why Celine Siama's Tomboy overwhelmed me with emotions. Even 12 years later, it still feels like there aren't many movies that explore gender and childhood in such a respectful and delicate way. Congratulations, Robin, for year of Letterbox Patron. Do we even have time to talk about what I watched? Do I want to talk we about We always what I have time for you, Slim. We have time. one thing at least. Um, I've been watching. I'm ready to reveal the TV show that I was watching. Finally. That I, that I refused Thank you. to reveal last week. TV episode. Um, I was watching a television show called From. Yeah. You ever heard about this show? Yes. Sounds Two familiar. seasons. Second season just ended, so I felt like it was time to dig in. I can't remember where I heard someone talk about it. Maybe it was from the Bat and Spider Discord. Um, but it stars Harold Perrineau from Lost. Remember oh. him? He had his yes. son. His son, Walt, was like kidnapped, and he was like always freaking Walt? out. Walt! Walt! Um, <laughs> this is about a town in middle America. So it starts out with... Like a really rundown town, um, Walt's dad, Harold, is the sheriff, and he's ringing a bell. It's like sundown. Ringing a bell. Everyone get inside. So everyone goes inside, locks their doors, sun goes down, and everyone's like getting ready for bed. And this little girl in her bedroom hears a knock at the window, and she opens the drapes. I'm already scared. Like grandmother. You know, Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, honey, it's me. It's grandma. Let me in. Mm Mm-mm. And the little girl's like, ah, I don't know. And she's like, oh, come on, let me it's, let me in. It's grandma, honey. It's dark, pale grandma face. I don't like this. Little girl opens up that window. Annihilated. Oh, my God. Destroyed. Chipcore. I mean, you don't, <laughs> you don't see it. You don't see it, but you find out, you know, was the intro plays. And um, the mother had walked in, tried to stop it from happening. She also gets eviscerated, like, ribs 
out what? her stomach, mouth torn oh, open. Um, what the? It's it's a great start to the show. So I was pretty much hooked. <laughs> and the gist is, it's it's a lot like Wayward Pines, which was a book that I loved. It was eventually a TV show about you know people that were driving into a town and couldn't leave. Like they drive out of the town. And they just end up back in the town. Oh, God. So that's what happens. This is how this town gets new residents. People are like freaked out. Like, what the hell? I'm, I don't know where I am. We were on like a vacation. Um, people don't know how to leave the town. But at night, there's like these weird, slow walking human beings that are some kind of like monster-ish thing that will kill you if they, if they catch you. Um, it reminds me a lot of Lost. And I think that's my main draw. It's like if Lost was combined with Wayward Pines. It's two seasons. So it was like fun to binge it. James ended up coming into the room at one point and started seeing some stuff and he wanted to watch it with us. But I have no idea if there's going to be a third season, et cetera. So I doubt check it. it out. MGM Plus. watch it on MGM, MGM Plus. MGM Plus. You know, we're staunch wow, supporters you have, of- you have a subscription. We're staunch supporters of MGM Plus wow. on this show. We've always talked about how we love MGM. Crazy. We were proponents of the MGM Amazon acquisition. Um, so there you go. I'm sure it'll be on something more popular like Amazon Prime eventually. We got to get into our movie. Love and Basketball. This is this was suggested by at least Rachel in the Patreon post, the comments. I think several people tried to claim credit for it that was in Discord. It was Rachel. And, uh, a lot of main characters. <laughs> Part of what is Love and Basketball all about? Monica Wright is new in the neighborhood and shocks her next-door neighbor, Quincy, when she can ball with the best of them. Quincy is the son of President David Palmer turned NBA star Zeke McCall and has aspirations to follow in his father's footsteps. In high school, love blooms between them, and they both get accepted to USC to play basketball, a dream come true. But when tragedy strikes and the plans that they had made for themselves fall apart, they go their separate ways post-college. But can their love stay aflame? Can the proximity of their childhood bedrooms reignite their passion? <laughs> and can their passion for balling make them lovers for life? Love and basketball. Lovers for Life. What was the end uh, the end of the hand signals? I don't you know how they did it. <laughs> uh boy oh boy. What a pick. What a pick. Gina directing this movie, Prince by the Wood. Um had you ever heard of this movie, Danny? Growing up? Love and basketball? Um growing up, no. I did hear about it like later on, but it wasn't it wasn't a movie I was ever out to watch because I don't I don't really enjoy I mean, you know I haven't enjoyed sports movies for a minute, um, but um, this one I think was brought up quite a bit when talking about um, a league of their own kind of women's sports um, mm. uh, conversations. So that's the only reason I know about it. I never got around to it. I've seen the Criterion uh, disc often at mm -hmm. Barnes and Noble, and that's about it. How many? What's your average boards per game? Basketball. How many boards you put up? Um, no, I none. <laughs> none. None for me. Remember how great our uh, ultimate frisbee game was on the beach during our one vacation trip? Oh yeah. Sheesh. Lord have mercy. I was just looking through those photos recently, actually. I bet you were. Head. I bet you were. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Proto, any history with uh, Love and Basketball or the director? I feel like I've known of this movie forever. Uh, I was actually surprised that it came out in 2000. I would have guessed this was like from 1992. Same. Completely the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Why but do you yeah, say I, that? Well, I feel like I... I it just feels like a movie that's always existed. Uh, like, I feel like I walked through Blockbuster and saw the cover of this. Oh, yeah. The cover's burned into my brain, too. But also the yeah. way it's filmed. It's meant to look like that. Mosh points out that it is a period piece set during that time frame. So there you go. It's playing mind games me. on you. I got, got. The genius. I think the first movie I'd seen of hers was probably The Old Guard. 
I had not. Well, actually, I'll correct myself. The, the old guard I watched when that came out on Netflix, based on the comic, and I really wanted to see the Woman King. But actually, as I was watching Love and Basketball, I started to like have memories of certain scenes, and, which we get into. So I think I have seen this when it came out. I don't know if I just mm. like va- was vaguely watching, maybe. Interesting. Okay, so we'll go around the room in our studio here. Uh, each host generally jots down uh, three things. We'll go roundtable and then wrap up with our honorable mentions, our letterbox rating. I started off last week, so let's let's go with old pro. Oh, okay. Deep throat kissing. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of deep kissing, the the tongue action in this movie. It looked like at certain points they were like unhinging their jaws to get in there. <laughs> Mercy. A lot of a lot of a lot of sexual energy in this and it felt real. <laughs> their chemistry yeah. is off the charts. Yeah. Sexual, you name it. Whatever chemistry you could have with another human being. I can imagine Gina being like, "Whoa, guys, the camera stopped." You could <laughs> like, "Guys, we're done with the scene." I mean, how did you kiss in uh, high school? But you weren't going deep tongue into oh any gosh. suitors? No. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I knew how to kiss in high school. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. Danny, oh. should we ask Casey what your kissing style was like in high school? <laughs> She's live in chat right now. We both had braces, so there was oh, no boy. deep kissing. No. Too dangerous. You might this attach yourself. Attached. <laughs> cut. It was a war zone when we kissed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Their their chemistry in this movie was through the roof. Um, I mean, I, I guess right off the bat, they're seeing that they they do it. Oh my! You know, we'll get mm-hmm. right into that scene when they Oof. after the dance, right? And they're on the uh, in between. They're both both of their houses. What a moment! What a scene! How about the <laughs> the 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 taking the moment to. Uh, to like see him pull out the condom and put it on. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting shot. <laughs> I don't, like I've never seen that before. <laughs> like is, is is that the details that we need in this? That's movie? the realism. That is the high school realism that we, we all missed out on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kurtz is in chat, old friend of mine. Kurtz. Kurtz said that we watched this at my house in I high bet school. You did. So I think. <laughs> so that is that is probably my memory of this movie, and that maybe leads into my number one, which is during. I think it was during that scene where. The Maxwell song plays this woman's work. <laughs> that that's that's the intro to that song was like transporting me like oh my god I've heard this song so many times before when I was growing up. So I guess it had to have been in high school. And I don't know if that, I don't know what it is about that song. I love the intro. So I went on YouTube and I watched the unplugged version of My of, God. of his rendition of that song. I mean, it's beautiful. Spicy. Hopefully other people agree with me that we're watching this movie. I think it's a beautiful rendition, um, but it's a cover of a Kate Bush song. Mm-hmm. Kate Bush popularized cool. during Stranger Things. So the soundtrack I thought was incredible. I mean, right when that Maxwell song kicks, we're all biting our lip. Oh, yeah. Bite yeah. lip and We know what's happening. Time. We know what's coming. It's, hap- it's happening. I mean, save space. I don't even know what song you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> when you listen to this episode six to eight months from now, you'll, you'll get <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> uh, Danny, what's the first point on your list? Uh, first point, is this the best basketball movie ever made? Oh, I, 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 as someone who doesn't enjoy sports movies, just the reason I don't really like sports movies that I feel like they're easily emotionally manipulative for the audience. 
I just enjoyed. Uh, I think I enjoyed um, Sana's scenes the most. I think she was mm-hmm. uh, pretty great. I, I I watched an interview, and she had never touched a basketball in her life before this movie. And wow. uh, Gina was out to cast um, someone who could ball first before acting. And I think they had they had tried to get like Serena Williams or, and some other athletes before her. Hmm. Um, but she she had like a a basketball coach for like five weeks or five months, whatever the number was. And she learned to uh, to to play, which I thought wow. was incredible. And I think she did a great job. I really enjoyed those scenes. Um, they were just enough to not make me hate the movie. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed the sport aspect of this, the, not the most, but I, it was like well balanced enough between this and the love story that it was enjoyable for me. Pearl, can you confirm if this is the greatest basketball movie ever made? You're the movie uh, insider. Basketball insider. I mean, in my opinion, no, I mean, I do not agree. I thought the basketball stuff was not, there's like a crossover that she does at the end. She breaks his ankles. Can we, can we get a, can we take, have another take? <laughs> no, you're wrong. Can we have another take, please? Um, I don't know. I just didn't really love the basketball stuff, but mm. I also don't really like basketball. Oh, geez. So wow. it's kind of like a hard sell for me off the bat. Like there's the one where she finally, where she stands her ground and, and takes, takes the, the offensive charge. foul. Yeah. And it's like the refs like no shot offensive foul. And like that's the way the the game ends with her taking a charge out of my face. <laughs> Let me just a preemptive apology to all our basketball fans out there. There were a few comments in chat about Hoosiers. Um, there was a I presume a fake comment about Space Jam. Um, Snoozers. <laughs> you want to talk about a soundtrack? Snooze Jam. Also, <laughs> I guess Air is Air a basketball movie? Air no. Bud. No, there's Air no, Bud, there's no white men can't jump. <clears throat> a lot of Never. men movies. There you go. It's interesting. You do, the, you do the math. What about Blue Chips? Is that is that a basketball a movie with movie. Shaq? <laughs> <laughs> fake. That is a fake statement. Uh, I like the basketball in this. I would have thought that she was a basketball player growing up before she was cast in this movie. So yeah, I, I dug that stuff in the movie. Prote. Next point. Man, uh, halfway through this movie, Quincy really gets hard to like. Um, mm-hmm. That scene with him. Ha- so there's so the, first there's a scene where they're on the bleachers and he's having a tough moment because he finds out that his dad uh, was with another woman and they're talking it out. And then uh, Monica's like, hey, I got to go because I have curfew. And he's like, asking her to stay but then he's like all right you can go and then a few scenes later he's with like this other girl and then they get into a fight and he basically admits it's because of that whole uh (laughs) that whole thing of her like not willing to stay out past curfew to kind of blow her chance on the team i'm like quincy come on man what like what what are we doing here (laughs) what are we doing here but I, I thought that was I, I thought that was pretty good at like describing uh, how silly people can be in relationships and like short sighted mm-hmm. at the same time and just like how like it was like okay this is like a real flaw like an obvious flaw in your relationship of like not seeing what's important to your partner. Um, so even though it like maybe not like the character, it felt like pretty realistic in terms of like how relationship relationships play out. So I yeah. really like that part of the maybe, story. Maybe especially even among young people at that time too. Yeah, I also like, one of my points is like, should they have even ended up together? No. Like based on like how no. he reacted to some of this stuff. No, he's a bad I, boyfriend. I think it would have, I would have liked in the story more if he kind of like vocalized to her that he was struggling about whether or not to go pro. Like he was so angry that like, I'm thinking of just leaving school. I'm thinking about going pro, but I really want to talk to you about it because I think that would have carried more weight because his pro career 
he like flounders when he goes pro too soon. I kind of would have liked to see him almost resent her for years about like that decision. Like if you if you stayed there that night, maybe I would have stayed in school and mm. you know got an education mm. and maybe learned more about basketball before I went pro. So like that in my head makes more sense with then him just like freaking out because she wouldn't stay late to talk to like console him. Because he wrecks, I mean, that decision, it like wrecks his life for several years, I feel like, in terms of becoming a pro player, a good pro player. Didn't he cheat on Monica by taking a girl to Burger King? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> I mean, he did take her to Burger King in front of her like a total a-hole. Yeah, like that scene was laughing. so uncomfortable. It was a different time. Burger King was much... <laughs> They had the Star Wars glasses he needed to collect. (laughs) I mean, you're in college. Burger King is it. I mean, that's your, that is it. That's your, that's half your life. I, I, I don't think that she should have ended up with him. And I think she should have moved on because she was way better off without him Mm. easily. He was a bad boyfriend. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean they were I mean the were, shoes on the other foot. You're not you're telling me that he's not you're telling me. He's saying that if she had this come up and it was bothering her and he had curfew, that he would have sat there and talked it out with her? No. Right. He's right. he's yeah, following yeah. curfew. He's doing everything he can to stay a number one on the team, but because he's, he's on the way to the NBA, of because course. Because his yeah. ass is kissed, mm-hmm. he's better than her. Yeah, they had wildly different upbringings. <clears throat> really? That too. Sparta. Uh yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't buy I don't know. Is it I I I will say that I don't remember seeing a movie that had her love of him was so intrinsically tied to her love of basketball. Like I think that's the main like differentiator. Like mm-hmm. they almost like need each other to complete like that love of themselves and each other and the sport. So I guess I'm willing to give a little bit of leeway for, for stuff like that. But I wish that was stronger. Like, I wish that was like more clearly represented that there was this tie between Mm -hmm. their like love of basketball. It's like shown at the beginning and of course they're playing, but it's kind of like, they're both like passionate about the sport, but like separately almost. Like, I I think I would have liked if there was like another scene when either they were in high school or college and playing one-on-one together. To kind of like mm-hmm. further that connection of how important mm-hmm. it is. Uh, my number two, the the idea of playing overseas. Like she eventually, you know, goes overseas after college, is making a living. Was she in Italy, Spain, Spain. Um, but I, that that I like. I I hear about that a lot in like hockey, like some people who can't crack in the NHL, they'll just go overseas and kind of like live like Kings. Mm. But she talks about how like, there's no family there. You're alone. And, but at the same time, you're playing the sport that you love. I don't know. Like, would you do that? Like, it's just such a bonkers situation to be like, you could do play basketball for the rest of your life. You'll just live alone for the most part, be so separated from your family and like rarely see them. I don't know, Proto, what did you think about the overseas business for her, for basketball? Well, I think as a young person out of college, I I think you could relate it to not just like being an athlete and playing a sport, but I think you could do it like any career. It was like, well, if you got a job opportunity, you're out of college and you could go work in a different country. I think if I was like 22, 23 with, you know, if I was single and didn't have other responsibilities, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, I'd definitely mm. do this. Mm. Like, if I'm going to do it, now is the time to do it. And then, you know, I have the rest of my life ahead of me. I could do this for five years, then come back, you know, whatever. So I think I would have been, like, in that scenario, I think it's, I would be very open to that. I mean, I think a point that has to be made, though, is there's nowhere for her to go after college. He kept right. saying she's going to be the first woman in the NBA, but the WNBA doesn't even exist at this point. So anything after college for her, she, I guess, all American, et cetera, is professional sports overseas. So I feel like that was her only next step because mm-hmm. she's not going to play in the NBA. And then what it does she have to get a desk job, which is what she ends up getting anyway, or the bank job. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 
I don't know. I, I see the appeal of going overseas and playing sports where you're treated like a king. One thing that I thought was funny about that scene, though, was that they're in like the championship game in Spain, and then her teammate from college is on the other team, mm-hmm. but they had like no idea that they were playing yeah. each other in the championship <laughs> game. Like, really? Yeah. Did you not play each other at all during the season? <laughs> right. <laughs> to get to the Maybe championship game. she was a game. late addition. Who knows? <laughs> her, her ankle just healed. Right. Danny, uh, what's next on your list? Um, I, in one of the, one of the things I enjoyed most about this outside of the love story and basketball was, uh, both, um, both of Q's and Monica's relationships with their parents and how it was fleshed out with him and his dad and her and her mom. I think the, when she comes back, um, from overseas and that conversation they have in the kitchen where she slaps her was quite powerful. I mean, I thought it was a really good moment for the two of them. Um, I really loved the performances in that moment. And then I, 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 I really liked that stuff with Q that, I mean, there's moments of Q I really disliked most in this movie of him just kind of be a, a jerk. But when he's dealing with this stuff with his father, I thought that was really heavy and really well done. Um, at least to show the trajectory of his kind of character and how he's, why he's treating Monica the way he is and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, those were surprising, surprising bits of story when I'm, I had no idea what that they'd be in this movie. I thought it was really well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I'm just like, this is a basketball rom-com. So I wasn't expecting like the conversations around, you know, women's sports, uh, the mother daughter aspect, another tomboy story that we weren't even that prepared mm. for, like not prepared for, but that we thought we'd talk about and the father son relationship. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. How about when they show him playing for the Lakers and this commentators are like, uh, and here comes the subs. You love to see these subs get some playing time in the league. Isn't that great? The fans love it. <laughs> so demeaning. <laughs> it was. I, I love the mother relationship that she had too and like you only really see a little bit of it at the beginning remember when she's like the mom's like i'm so tired i'm gonna go rest and then her dad comes in with the two shirts like can you iron these for me tonight mm-hmm. i got a big day tomorrow and she's like oh of course and he, that's like that small glimpse that i guess stuck with her as a kid and i did like when she she told her mom that she wanted more from her all those years like how many games did you come to in my career or like and through school and whatever. Although unfortunately I didn't, I don't think I saw the mom at that last game that mm. they showed in the movie, the WVA game. Nerd oh, mom. Jeez. Take some notes down when you're getting yelled at. <sighs> Proto. Uh, well about that scene that with the mom, I felt like that was kind of tacked on and maybe it was kind of long. It was like a five minute argument that they were having. And it felt mm. like it was almost like the climax of the movie, but it was like, wait, isn't this movie about her and Quincy? Right. Um, so I felt like it was a little out of place, although there was pretty much that thread through the whole movie of their relationship with their parents. Um, so that made sense. Um, this this final game that they're having to determine if they're going to spend the rest of their lives together or not. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And Quincy is hobbling around. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a he's got a brace on. He's still recovering from his his torn ACL that he got from dropping off of hanging on a hoop. Um which would that even happen? Can you like to- uh, tear yeah. Really? It has happened in the NBA, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I just felt like that game of him hobbling around like that. First of all, he's like five three. You know how far of a drop that is from the from the rim? He's like the shortest player in the entire league. That's like that a three-story like drop for him. Yeah. True. True. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I just felt like it was a little anticlimactic that like here, there, they're going to go off, but he hasn't healed yet and he's like hobbling around. Like, I don't know. Why couldn't they just say like more time has passed and then they could really go at it in a fair game? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think when... I lo- Well, first of all, I love this scene. And I, after she loses and he says, hey, double or nothing, and she turns, I love that shot. I actually thought the movie was going to end there. I thought that was going to be like this kind of vague ending where you don't know what happens after that. Freeze frame on the ball in the air. <laughs> like Maxwell the naked, kicks in. Naked gun ending. <laughs> Maxwell back again. 
<laughs> really to send me over the edge. Um, I like that scene. I loved how it showed every point. I love them getting rough with each other. Mm. Um, thought we we're going to get, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we did potentially get <laughs> mm-hmm. some more tongue action. Uh, I concrete. love that. I love that scene. Danny, what did you think? Listen, the rom-com lover in me loved that scene too. It's oh, stupid. It's ridiculous. It's exactly what I wanted though in that ending. But also, how about him viciously dunking on her? Yeah, that was hard. Like, sure. We know you're taking her back. But come <laughs> on, man. Well, I tell you, I took his brace sure. off just to dunk on her face. I wasn't sure what she was, what he was going to do because well, he's it, a bad boyfriend. He he was acting like he wasn't going to take her back. I feel like because it sounded like he was still kind of pissed and resented her not like reaching out to him when he reached out to her, especially when like the didn't one of the like her favorite players died or or some news about was that the magic news? It's like when I heard the news about magic, I reached out to you. And she didn't reach out back. So I wasn't sure which direction it was going to go. <laughs> Magic did die. I know. That's why said <laughs> somebody died. Oh, wait, no. Magic Johnson didn't die. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like this scene. Uh, my final point, I have a lot of honorable mentions. Let me see if I can just pick one out. Oh, Omar Epps has maybe the most insane amount of swagger out of any actor I've ever seen in a feature film this year. I mean, every scene he was walking like he knew he was king shit in mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. The one other scene that I, I was cracking up at when she goes to the dance with yeah. that date that she was hooked up with. Yeah, and he takes off her coat. <laughs> See him lick his lips, yeah, looking he her was, up and down as he was taking her coat off. My he god. was licking those lips. <laughs> My god, it was unreal. It was unreal. So I'll save the rest of my honorable mentions uh, for the for that segment. So Danny, yeah, final point. Um, my final point was going to be that last game. So another moment I loved was when she was finally uh, drafted to drafted as it was uh, drafted to USC and she's doing the, the, the scrimmages with the other teams and the older mm-hmm. girls and she gets a fast breakaway, but then pulls up for a three, for three leaves the hand hanging like Steph Curry is so unoriginal now. Like he's took this from her. Like she invented this. Like I imagine doing that as a rookie or a freshman on the team. That whole scene, I was oh, I knew she was in trouble, big time. A coach with the shoulder pads and the pants. She she was she meant business. You knew she meant business. Business. Proto uh, honorable mentions. Final rating. Love and basketball. Honorable mentions. Let's see. Dick Vitale on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Brutal, brutal scene. Robin Roberts. The era is gone. Remember ESPN? Yeah, remember that? It's still on. The brand is finished. It's on gyms across America. Uh, I... Oh, her coach was so lame. <laughs> I could I just could not buy this 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 coach and the acting putting in. Um wasn't buying it. Oh. Um also so the dads are great, and I mentioned it in the 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 intro, of course, Dennis Haysbert playing Quincy's dad, president from 24. Mm-hmm. state commercials burned into my memory. And then also um Monica's dad, Harry Lennox, was Commander Locke mm-hmm. from The Matrix and like mm. a bunch of other things. A lot of things. Uh, Love and basketball. You know, I heard some talk of like, is this movie corny? Mm. I felt felt it was kind of corny. If I can be perfectly honest. Uh, It didn't really work for me. This felt kind of like a Hallmark movie Mm. to me as I'm watching it. I just, and I also don't really like basketball. Like I said earlier, it's not really my thing. So I wasn't really vibing on like the whole basketball part of it. Part of it, I didn't fully buy the um, uh, the story. Um, and our dear friend Catcher, he has a review. He loved the movie. He gave it four stars. Mm-hmm. Left us an email too. Oh gosh, yeah. And I kind of like when I read his review, I kind of thought like, huh. I think the opposite of almost everything he said in this review, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I'm at two stars. Jesus for Christ. Proto's face when he said two stars. Yeah. My bravery. If this is corny, then corn me up. You know, <laughs> four stars 
for Love and Basketball. Had me at the end. Talked about the Maxwell song. Soundtrack's great. I liked them. Remember, he he goes, he knocks on her window when their his parents are fighting. I thought that was a nice scene, and it was like assume that this is a normal thing. Sleeps on the floor of her bedroom because they're friends. I like how they represented her playing basketball and also being like a young woman who wants to express her emotions, but it's like, it's it's at odds. Like she wants to be herself, but then like while she plays, it, it works against her. She gets fouled, mm-hmm. she gets fouled out. She's having trouble trying to get recruited because of her emotion. Meanwhile, Q is like a god, you know, on the on the court. He's five foot zero, the best player in, in the country. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, I liked how he know he knew some of her stats from her games. Yeah, four boards. She asked him. Um, how about one of one of his uh, college roommates knocks on his door? And he's like, "Yo, we're about to order some wings. You want some?" I was like, "God, do I need to go back to college? <laughs> Get an education? Where's the D? It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> Buck naked in Strip front of basketball. Her. Amazing wow. line." Unreal. Um, Tough scene to watch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they went at hard in that Mm -hmm. scene. Yeah. More ways than one. In the paint. How come you couldn't be the man you tried to make me when he was trying talking to his dad? One-on-one for your heart. Uh, Yeah, and actually, I think Mosh made a comment in chat about how he didn't know that the, the WNBA was not a thing during like the first three segments of the movie. So it wasn't like a viable option. And I wonder how, if that's lost on anyone else watching the movie. Because like how many people have like instilled knowledge of like the WNBA wasn't created until, you know, this year. So it makes sense that mm-hmm. it's now an option for her as she's older. So I, I had a great time re-watching this really. Uh, so four stars for me. Mm. Uh, let's see. Honorable mentions. Uh, Steph Curry homage. Tyra Banks jump scare. Tyra, yeah, I forgot. She's a hoe because she's sending her coochie through the mail. <laughs> God, what a line. Have mercy. Uh, this four stars, it works for me as well. I think mm-hmm. the only thing I disliked as a whole was I think it's too long. I think it's just a little too long. Um, trim it trim it down a bit and I probably got a five banger. 60 minutes, you know, and the paint. I, I, I like the four quarter aspect. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the, I, I mean, I like the corn. I like the cheesiness. Corn I like, job. I like rom-com aspect of it. And then you throw a little bit of sports action and I'm here. Yeah. Loved it. It's all you need. Really? Let's uh, listen to catcher. <clears throat> Actually, I'll read catcher's email. We're not going to listen to him. Thank you. Uh, and you can send us a letter as well at 70 mmpod at gmail.com. Hi friends. I hope everyone is well. How could you not be after watching and talking about love and basketball? It's such a smart movie with strong, imperfect characters. My favorite moment of this movie is a costume choice. Our leads are about to have sex and are sitting together on the bed. They are naked, fully revealing themselves to each other. The only clothes on their bodies are necklaces. Quincy has a chain with his father's jersey number and Monica has the pearl necklace gifted to her by her mom. Both items representing the unique burden they carry with them. Quincy's burden to live up to his father's legacy and Monica's burden to be the woman her mother wants her to be. Beautiful stuff. Lots of love. Catcher. Goodness. Take that, Proto. It's a rom-com catcher. Taken. (laughs) Uh, I think we actually have some VMs as well. Uh, Let's play the first one. Hey, this is Asbiv, at least for the time being. Asbeth. Calling to say, I am so glad you are covering Love and Basketball on this week's episode, assuming I made it on time. I recommended this movie to you all a while ago, but I am delighted that you are covering it this week. I wanted to leave a message on last week's episode, but discovered about half an hour into the movie I watched that I was watching the wrong movie. (laughs) I was wondering why a Chris Farley film was being covered in your (laughs) 
women's month and i realized i was watching tommy boy oh my god classic but ultimately watched tomboy which was itself a great movie Mm -hmm. anyway Mm. thanks for the great movies you all cover thanks for talking about love and basketball this week i'm so excited to hear what you all have to say thanks so much as biv thank you should we do a tommy boy app no david spade month (laughs) what's in the vhs village top 100 (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, number one hundred. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Cannot believe that movie made the VHS Village Top One Hundred list. Collusion. What's the one where maybe if Curse is in chat? What's the one where Black he sheep. fights like the bat and the fridge rolls onto Chris Farley <laughs> and he talks about like he thinks he has chocolate pudding in his pants? A black sheep. Okay, I just I might, I might need to watch Black Sheep this weekend. Those movies changed my life. <laughs> Changed my life month. Oh, okay. Next VM. Hi, everyone. It's Tom. I'm in. I joined the village and I've had a lovely welcome from everyone. I'm really pleased uh, that I made that decision. Well, I thought I was because Uh I got to listen to all of those uncut episodes. (laughs) But I start listening to Ahsoka episode three. Here we go. And we've got Danny going completely off the rails, dropping f bombs. Yeah, you're going mad. I did. This is not, not what used to I that. should expect from the uncut episodes. I'm keen to know before I dip into any more. Maybe I have to start listening to these in a private room. <laughs> um, yeah, let me know. You know, I didn't think of that. I don't even know if I can mark Patreon episodes as explicit. But yeah, I guess uh, something I didn't even consider, the amount of cursing potentially from uncut episodes. And he gets heated. What did I he say? Was so, he was so heated. Episode three? Episode three. What even happened? Uh, I don't even remember. Episode three. No one does. That's the one Un- where they're It's called in Uncut the for a reason, Tom. Uncut and uncensored trainers. Unleashed. That's where Unleashed. she's in her astronaut suit out oh, on the... So oh, where she's wearing the Nikes or were those Adidas... Adidas. Adidas. She didn't wear the Adidas until the white suit. Okay. (sighs) All right. Next week, we, uh, if you're skipping right, you just skipped everything in this episode and you're waiting to see what the pick is for next week, it's from Stephen King, Mm -hmm. Tim Curry, It. It's a long production. It's a long streaming on Tubi. We're, We're going back to the master himself, the one that started it all. Core Timber. The movie that scared all kids, you know, mm-hmm. that's all this movie. No Frightened kid played in a drain after this. No way, Jose. <laughs> is there a drain in this? There actually is. You know, there's a drain uh-huh. on in my area that says the quote on top of the drain from it. Oh. Danny just made a frown face. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with that. <laughs> uh, and that starts Torment-tober. Oh. Final name. That's it. We're not changing it. Um, and that's that's the show. Pardo, any closing thoughts? Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking about basketball mm. and how um, you know I think basketball is a great pickup sport, but I think it's my it's my least favorite organized sport. And there's a very simple reason for that because it all culminates into like two minutes of game time. That's thirty minutes of men groping each other or women groping each other, who's ever playing, to you know, foul each other, to stop the clock so that mm-hmm. we can shoot a free throw. So, you know, spend another five minutes and then another timeout. We got another 90 seconds and then we got to throw the ball in and then we get fouled again. And this just goes on and on and on. This is all you got to do. Improve basketball 200%. All you got to do first to 100 points. That's the game. You can still keep the clock. Either the time runs out or first to 100. It would improve the game immensely. David Stern, whoever is that runs NBA, you're welcome. <laughs> Dick Vital, if you're listening, Proto is available for business proposals. We'll see everybody next week for Stephen King's It.
70 Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. And music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast.